Good evening and hello everyone. We are back on a normal schedule. I am Adrian. I'm Maggie. And uh, this is Social Lubricant. <laughs> it's really creepy to me that you have the ability to look into the camera because I cannot. Like I have to look at us on the screen. <laughs> well, I mean, I mostly look at the screen, but sometimes I feel like I need to like make a point. You would be a way better cam girl than me. You could make eye contact with the camera. I mean, I would laugh too much. <laughs> I know. I think sometimes that that's a part of it is to be kind of goofy or whatever. Maybe. Maybe people find that sexy. I mean, yeah. That's the thing is like the goofy stuff, like. I don't know. I'd be like, hey, come watch me butter a ham hock. First person, first person to give me enough coins gets to see a titty. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Come watch me butter a ham hock. Come watch me make a brisket. <laughs> That's titty to the highest donor. <laughs> sure. That would be like. And there are so many Jewish boys that would probably be super into it. Be like, yeah, I just paid a million coins on Chatterbait to watch a girl, to watch a vegan prep a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we've got all sorts of fun stuff for you guys this evening. Um, just a veritable smorgasbord of activities. And we are caffeinating heavily in order to be able to deliver it appropriately as as i normally do because of my evil diet and maggie's on an evil diet that sounds like a japanese fighting style (laughs) we'll see how long this shit lasts because i'm ready to kill people but we'll see (laughs) it's a hashtag operation wedding bod i suppose that's all we really have for housekeeping is that you're losing weight and i've gained weight (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm really being a supportive partner because me, I'm like, this is just who I am. Like, <laughs> but like my partner really is wanting to get serious about getting healthy and losing weight. And I'm like, okay, then I'm going to do it with you because that makes me a good partner. Not to be meddling in your personal life, but I feel like really aerobic sex is like a huge, easy way to support a partner in in body goals. I mean, yes, absolutely. But I don't think you actually burn enough carbs. Like, you still have to eat healthy. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that this sounds really weird, but I feel like the ease and ability I've had to gain weight has been from my, like, somewhat celibate new lifestyle. I mean, could be. Because, <laughs> like, you're not really burning calories the I'm... way that I have sex now. <laughs> like, I know that, uh, like, obviously having sex burns calories, but I've never experienced a significant change in like gaining or losing weight based off of how much sex I'm having. Maybe I'm just grasping at straws here, but I really feel like I've never, I've never done any regular exercise other than 
sexual intercourse like on any (laughs) I I actually have like I ran a half marathon once and I have gone through phases of not having any sex and phases of having sex seven times a day and I don't see I've never seen like a dramatic change we're gonna pose that question to the audience have you guys ever felt like you've seen uh, any dramatic results any tangible results in fitness related to (laughs) your sexual activities (laughs) did you move your desk setup around this is completely off topic but um well i have the desk over here which is where i used to have the webcam and the other computer and now i have the dual monitors over here so sometimes i usually have the work computer on the dual monitors over here i have the play play quote unquote the other work computer (laughs) over here the one without all the security blocks sits over here so i can watch queer eye over here while i'm working (laughs) got it got it Queer okay. Eye and Dragon Ball, apparently. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z now. Oh, I have to get back into Full Metal. Okay, that's, we'll throw that into nerd news as well. Yeah, I want to know how you're liking it. I now have rewatched the entire series. I'm on the last season again. Oh my God. For like the third time. It's the greatest of all history. I know that other people have their doubts. They have their favorites or whatever it may be, but... Honey, please. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Canon. Uh, So I feel like we should just like jump right in. First like topic, obviously, the social part. Oh yeah, our sociological and political topics for you guys' entertainment, I suppose. I mean, I feel like we're still definitely mapping out how to work this section given the state of our, I want to say the state of our nation, but I really feel like it's deeper than that. The state of the world right now, there's so much that I don't, I still just am like, I don't know. Like so much happened that like probably just this week that like two years ago, we would have been like, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. This is fucking crazy. But now it's just, it feels so normal that I just don't even think about it. Something crazy happens every, every single fucking day now. It's, it's like, yeah, stuff that we would do, like we used to, we would come up to each other and be like, oh shit, dude, we've got to record tonight. Can you believe what just happened? Happens every single fucking day there's somebody peeing on somebody there's somebody who's a sexual assault like victim accuser somebody's in trial somebody's being indicted like (laughs) it's all happens all the time and i feel like it's gotten really commonplace and also like i feel like in a weird way like we're getting like just as activists and people like we're getting kind of not lazy but like so used to it that like shit that should should have us going like no 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 we're just like oh yeah oh yeah that's just yeah no it's literally just like 
this cycle of abuse, like in a relationship, like you start out kind of accepting these little things as the new normal, like, oh, I can't do that because that'll upset them. And you move that out or like, oh, it's okay to fight like this because we haven't hit each other. So, but so you accept like a new level of not okay as normal because your threshold has gotten so much deeper. And that's even like people who are political activists or people who on both sides, people are just accepting new things as okay because things have gotten so out of hand. We're just like, oh, wow, another school shooting rats time to argue about guns like nobody even takes any time to be sad anymore oh like my God. what like it just, is going on or like just shit like like the youtube shooting yeah that was just what yesterday it really or the just day happened. Before? i like barely knew anything about it because people were just like oh yeah like what like literally somebody was just actually put in jail legitimately put in jail for the russia investigation shit like somebody has been prosecuted for that shit and it's just like oh yeah does it make me too much of a conspiracy theorist to think that it's not a coincidence that all this stuff goes on at the same time like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain there's a shooting at youtube headquarters we're not gonna pay attention to the fact that somebody was actually fucking indicted on charges for (laughs) yeah no i think that a little bit that's what they have in mind i do have to say that i tweeted today that i'm giving up comedy forever based off of what i believe was supposed to be a funny tweet from mike huckabee oh god it says and i swear to god i checked to see if this is real because i didn't believe it it says had a colonoscopy today my doctor was actually russian now that is what i call russian meddling they put me to sleep with the same stuff michael jackson used when i woke up i moonwalked out of the hospital oh i said i'm giving up comedy hereby like indefinitely oh how could i ever compete with that oh my god now that is what i call russian meddling in his oh asshole wow now he knows how his buddy the president of the united states feels actually i mean russia's in all of our asses i guess if we are a collective one let I me mean, be yeah, patriotic for one moment will be using donald trump as a actual puppet so well yeah what else is the dude good for it's like, mean, like he must have really been listening to my conversations about lube because to get that far up somebody's ass is super <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Maggie Bird. But seriously, like he's literally uh, Vladimir Putin's literally so far in everything. And but how is anybody surprised that Donald Trump is a puppet? It's like the the thing that people do that makes me insane is that they genuinely think that this guy has amounted to quote unquote like everything he's amounted to because he himself is intelligent or has business savvy or like this is literally just somebody who started like entrepreneurial endeavors and probably got a small business loan from a bank Uh, one day he didn't he got a like multi-million dollar inheritance from his father yeah see okay so he's not self-made he got a multi-million dollar inheritance from his parents and he has a team 
of lawyers and financial analysts and stockbrokers and people and like legal people, intellectual property, people who do this shit for him, architects, engineers. This dude is a puppet in and of himself. It's just literally a name to slap on the side of a building. Yeah, he's just used to being able to say things and like people hang on every word. And despite the fact that most of what he says isn't true, like I genuinely am like, there are a few things that I've started to like get. And like, I've read enough books at this point and articles and stuff. It's that like, one, I don't, I don't think he wanted to be president. I think it was a good way to get publicity and money. And because I think he had every intention of losing and then spending the next couple of years making writing books and making money off of saying that Mexicans voted illegally and and whatever. The, it was all stacked against him. Like I think he was making a show of it. I, I I read Fire and Fury. Some people some people say watch out with that, but I did read it. And there are people who say that he literally was saying that to Melania. Like, she did not want him to run for president. She was miserable. She hated it. And he kept saying to her, oh, it's only a couple more months of campaigning and then it'll all be over and we'll make so much money off of it. Right. It's just all PR and royalties. Yeah. So, but now he's in there and he is so prideful that he has to save face and keep, like... Well, I, I guess I gotta do this now, yeah, guys. he's doing really dumb shit just to be just because he doesn't want to take anybody's advice. He doesn't. He's obstinate. He doesn't want to be told what to do. But he also wants everybody to like him, which is why he makes up bullshit stuff that doesn't make any sense because he doesn't know what to say. But he wants everybody to like him. I, did you hear? Like he said some weird shit today about. Amazon costing U.S. taxpayers all this money because I guess because we deliver because the United States Postal Service delivers packages for them at like a certain like at too low of a cost. And Says it was like, a guy what? who supposedly understands business infrastructure like that is the genius business model. It's why Amazon like well and like, also let's talk about like, monopolizing i'm okay with amazon running everything what the fuck like well, and I, I didn't know this but like of course like immediately he was fact checked by a million people and they were like yeah there's actually a law against that like literally the united states postal service cannot be gypped it is against the law it's certainly like one of our oldest and most tried and true branches of fucking government too. Yeah, like if like, anybody's got the settlement and the fortitude, yeah, it's somebody the up and they were like, actually Amazon is like twenty eight percent of the postal service's income. Like like some fucking insane number, which makes sense because almost anything that I have delivered to my home is from fucking Amazon. Absolutely. Are you kidding so, me? I'm not like receiving it, packages. What a weird thing to say. Like, why would he say that? That's so strange. Like, he just things. I, it is baffling to me. He says things that he just. I don't know if he believes they're true in his head or if he doesn't care. I think he doesn't care. Um, so this is an interesting segue into which will like be perfect to set you up for talking about the march because the the example that I'm getting to, but I recently had a social experience 
going back to my hometown and you know my dad's like this staunch he'll be like 71 this month he's a staunch like old I don't know he verges on like he's conservative he's kind of gotten like bad in his old age about his like vague prejudice and like other weird white rule Indiana type stuff but so he's definitely like a Trumper and a Fox News guy. And I did the old person thing and like had like breakfast with him. And we were sitting at McDonald's at like 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And it was just so my hometown, like, you know, from your hometown, it's like Fox News was on in the lounge inside the McDonald's. Like I couldn't say a more Hendricks County ass statement than that. Like <laughs> McDonald's for breakfast with your dad, first of all. Like he was like, hey, kiddo, let's get breakfast. Where do you want to go? McDonald's. Yeah, we're a classy bunch. Like, I don't even try to pretend like I don't. For breakfast. <laughs> I think the hash browns are like fried in animal fat. Probably. So. <laughs> but hash browns and fucking. <laughs> and fucking coffee, mainly just coffee. But, you know, he wanted to slam some breakfast burritos or whatever and like, you know, it, it exposed me to this like cultural the vacuum that I intentionally keep myself out of like I moved to the city I try to hang out with people who are different colors and different mindsets than the, like what I grew up in for obvious reasons but I'm watching this I'm literally forced now to be like a third party in this Fox News endeavor and like I've never experienced or it's been so long since I like lived at my parents house and saw the shit that like my dad was watching on the news and how different it was from what the rest of us at least like the world is watching the rest of the world or like what at least definitely like the rest of the people in my family and that was also pre-Trump era so what were they talking about it was always like Barack Obama's done done it again another mess up from Barack Obama sure he was born in America yeah like eight years into him being a president they're like this guy's definitely from Kenya still but so it's equally as like delusional now like I was watching and they don't cover they don't talk about anything like in the hour that I sat there hour and a half maybe they didn't cover a single thing about like the Russia trials any of the indictments anything that's going on as far as the cabinet like people getting fired people like none of that they don't cover any of it they literally are just they had a um uh a, a black guy on there who is a politician talking about how he believes in gun rights. He believes that like no one should take away his guns and the police should have like AR 15s and like all sorts of scary shit. And I don't know if it was just Fox news being like, Hey, look guys, we've got yes. a black guy. Or like you know, that, shit. Yeah. that was like a fun Sunday morning thing that they did. And then I saw like a political commercial that was literally a guy advertising. He's like, pro-life conservative just what we need for your like whatever some senator and i cringed and i cringed but the thing that made me cringe the most was the story that they ended on which just like i don't know how to convey with words how mind blown i am that any of this is news to anyone like my dad's literally sitting there asking me like so i guess you're against the wall like to me that's even a question it's even a question like like the fact that the wall is even something that people perceive as reality is 
insane to me. Like, where do you think that we're getting the money for this? The military budget is already just like inflated. We're not feeding or educating children. There are potholes the size of smart cars, like everywhere. Nobody state or federal is using money the way that it's supposed to be. And you think we can afford to build a brick and mortar fucking wall between the United States and Mexico? Like we've already got armed guards in a giant fence which it seems ridiculous anyway. Like what if we all came over to Ellis Island from fucking Europe and there was a giant wall there? Yeah, no shit. Like, like <laughs> well, and like also what I love there is like, like your dad's like, oh, so I guess you're against the wall. It seems like everybody, like all these Trumpers are 100% forgetting that that motherfucker said that, that we were not gonna have to pay for this wall. Yeah. He said Mexico was paying for it. Yeah, he's pretending like that part didn't happen. Like, now they're pushing the wall. And they're pushing the fucking wall because they know that if they don't do anything about it right now, like, they won't have made enough progress. But it's time to start campaigning. Yeah, the dude's going to get voted out of office before the thing ever gets... Like, time is running out. Like, they'll start campaigning in November after elections. That they'll have to start thinking about because somebody's going to run against him. Oh my God. Some, some unforeseen hero. <laughs> so, well, I, I think somebody will run against him in the primaries. I think he's going to have to go against somebody in the primaries and that somebody's going to bring up the fucking wall and how he didn't do anything and they're going to be smarter than him. So just that alone, like, oh my God, how, how hilarious would it be? If Donald Trump lost in the primaries this time. Hilarious, perfect, um, due, overdue. Like, finally. So funny. Like, I don't think it's ever happened. That would be so funny. Like, but yeah. Uh, no, hello, everybody. We don't have the money for this. And then also, what I love, oh, get me started on the fucking wall. Is like what a fucking idiot because he could have his fucking wall right now. Like the Democrats were going to hand him the wall. They were going to agree to it if oh, he would just agree to the fucking dreamers. If he would just agree to that, they were gonna be like, fine, build your fucking wall, whatever. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I hate that fucking wall. I think that it's it's against everything I stand for. But if that was the thing that got the dreamers protected fine build your fucking wall right if that's the payoff like it's kind of like when your kid's screaming inside target and you just hand them a toy to play with while you're walking through the store like like i'm fine with it if that's if i gotta spend three dollars because they're dying to take this toy home after they played with it the whole time it was worth the peace and quiet while we're walking through target right like we have to treat the president like a toddler yeah (laughs) but he didn't take that deal the dreamers are still fucked and now there is no money to build the wall now he's just apparently signing orders to send the national guard to the fucking border oh my god like i'm googling it right now because i'm gonna say it wrong otherwise but like what trump signs memo ordering national guard troops to the u.s mexico border yeah like what and he can fucking do that. That's the thing that's in his fucking power. He can't build a wall? Well, fine. He's going to pull all of our fucking National Guard troops and send them to go sit at the border until somebody fucking blinks. 
oh my god i hate it like why are we wasting time and energy on this do you think anybody's really like god i can't wait to break into america especially right now (laughs) i mean right like it's really not that bad to be honest with you with a fall and move uh, calling gaze of him calling for more security blah 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 yeah, there's no, um, yeah, no details. He doesn't have a plan. Basically, he was like, send them all there. I don't, what do you mean? He how, said something and it has no validity or Yeah. Big surprise. So, yeah, like just shit like that. Oh, my God. But it is amazing, like, the difference in this Oh, that's the, oh, so the point that I was getting at was the last story that I got to watch, dude, for pun intended, blow my brains out. Um, It was a news story on Fox News about a group of children in, like, you guessed it, some swamp in Florida who organized a walkout in support of the Second Amendment. They interviewed these kids who were like, who literally, like, they organized a walkout at their school in support of gun rights and arming teachers and like upping upping the um, firepower, I guess you should say, for the police force. Um, and they interviewed, yeah, like a 13-year-old girl with like silly bands and stuff on yeah. talking about how she like, how she like, which whatever, you know, I'm very, I, I wouldn't say I'm super gray area about the gun control issue. For me, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Look, <laughs> like I get it. Like people want to have their guns and like, I've shot, I've shot an AR-15. It's fun. I love guns, dude. But like, but like also you don't need one. You you really don't need an AR-15. That's a that is a weapon of war. And you and really don't. <laughs> there is no reason. That, nope, that's just where I stand on it. Like fun as it is, uh, no number of guns in this fucking world are going to make a dent in the United States military. So, fuck your argument that you need to use them to stand up to a tyrannical government. Blah blah blah. Like you better have a much better plan an ar-15 and it better involve several generals at the pentagon ready to throw a coup like we've all watched full metal alchemist like it takes a lot more than just guns to overthrow a corrupt government okay like this isn't this isn't oh whatever that of course of fucking course and like honestly like and also they covered that as news like one small florida like middle school walkout whereas the rest of the world is paying attention to like the march for our lives and the ramifications like the waves the ripple effect that comes from that the rest of us are dealing with like a legitimate large scale another mind you legitimate large scale protest where we're yeah. screaming, people are dying, human beings are dying. And then th- that's our platform. That's the news the rest of us are paying attention to. And these guys are like, oh yeah, excellent. Black guys and kids love guns too. Just as we, the conservatives <laughs> thought. Like, he knew it all along. <laughs> they're all on our side. We're right, you know? But again, Maggie and I did pose a very interesting question. Like it could just be like, 
you know, as ambiguous as religion, who is right? Yeah, maybe we're totally wrong. <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe we're totally wrong. I don't know. I mean, call me old fashioned, but my teacher was never strapped. Like, and I grew up in Liston, Indiana. Like, you know, he, my teacher was not strapped. Like, but we love guns. We shoot guns after family Thanksgiving. Everybody loves guns. Guns are great. We don't have them in case we overthrow the government, though. That's not the reason we have them. And we certainly don't take them around and use them to kill people senselessly. Yeah, like, like, this is like, still mental health. Like, <laughs> keep in their house and defend their home, like their family, in the instance of a break in. That's a choice. Um, and I'm not even fighting that right now. Like, that's not where, like, whatever. And some people have guns to hunt. Oh, okay. Whatever. But some people like, have guns for funds. You know, you like to go to the range or whatever. You don't want to pay the rental fee. But, yeah, in my like, mind, though, like, just pay the rental fee. Some people have guns because they have low self-esteem, you exactly. know? Exactly. <laughs> that, that results in people getting shot over pissing contests. Yeah, that's what I'm screaming is like the humanity is so inherently like possessive, jealous, like seven deadly sins running rampant. And we gave ourselves semi-automatic handguns and assault rifles. Somebody to work with had a brother who shot himself and died, what, last year over Christmas break? What? Do you not know about this? Um, is this like a, a consequence of not being on Facebook? What the fuck? Yeah, I can always cut it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to take the name out, but came off last year over Christmas oh break on accident. God. Like his freshman year of college, he came home on Christmas break, had a buddy over. They were hanging out in his room, looking at his dad's fucking gun, and it went off and he died. <sighs> That's why you don't have guns because you think they're fun and cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I knew a guy, um, I knew a couple that the dude's gun misfired while he was cleaning it. Like granted, probably being a jackass if your gun misfires while you're cleaning it, but in his home yeah, with his like two month old baby and wife, you know, just straight yeah. through the wall. Like, oh, and could you even live with yourself? Like not to be dark, but you better hope that if you misfire, it's you. Because if I misfire and kill somebody else, right? I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live like, with myself uh, if I know, hit someone with my was, car. Yeah, like who knows the kid that was with him when that happened. But like also like, and I'm sure like based off of what I know about this person, which isn't that much. And, but still like, typical indiana white people like probably somewhat conservative uh i i get the good old boys that like the gun was in the house the kids were very educated about it he's probably gone and shot that gun with his dad before so it, it didn't really occur and he's 19 years old so it didn't really occur to parents to have it like locked in a safe whatever mm -hmm. But they got it out, which means they were being st stupid 19-year-old boys looking at a fucking gun, which is going to happen. I believe 100% that it'll happen to lots and lots of stupid 30-year-old and 40-year-old boys getting their guns out to show them off. And then mm -hmm. somebody gets... Yeehaw! <laughs> like, 
So, I mean, that in and of itself is like a whole other topic, though. Like, honest to God, if you want to have a gun in your house to protect your family, by all means. Now, I I still feel very strongly against, not that, but like, I know that I would not own a gun if for no other reason than like, I feel like people act too quickly with guns sometimes Mm -hmm. when they're afraid i don't believe for one second that any person including myself is free of racism to some extent um so i mean you know god forbid a black man knock on your door at 11 30 at night and like maybe his fucking dog ran away and he just wanted to know if they was in your yard but if it terrifies you enough and like i've had this thought before and I don't even remember if this was a black guy or not. Like it might have been. I was walking, like I had parked my car in Chicago. It was dark, and I was walking back to what was at that time Kate's apartment. And I was alone, and it, like the sh- sidewalks were not lit. And this guy was walking very quickly toward me, and he had no shirt on and was like super ripped, and he was walking very like fast and it terrified me to the extent that like i put my hand in my bag and i pulled my knife out yeah he walked by me like he was obviously just in a hurry so a couple things to unpack there one (laughs) like what it is to be a woman in this world amen sister like (laughs) and like i've told that story before like and it's not that crazy to me not the first time that I've gotten nervous about a, a man following me and stuck my hand in my bag for the knife or whatever. But like men who hear that story are like, oh my God. No, that's pretty normal. So that yeah, in yeah. itself, but also like if I was the kind of person that had a gun in my purse, would I have grabbed it? Yeah. Would I have grabbed it because he was black or did I grab it because he was a big man? I don't know. That's my thing is like, first and foremost, if you're a woman, Tupac said it, like you always got to stay strapped and you never get to lay back. Like, really? I don't care. I don't care. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian. Like, I don't care who's coming at me. I, I want to have like some sort of weapon. And it goes right along with what you said, because if I had a gun in this house, it doesn't matter what color or what time of day, like who's, who's knocking at my door, I will be prepared to grab my gun, which if I don't have a gun in the house is you not an option. So yeah, I tackle a situation a little somebody. different. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> if you don't have a gun, you're not going to shoot somebody who wasn't fucking doing anything wrong. But you, and the thing is, is like, you can't say for sure. And I think most people have to just come to terms with this so that we can fucking talk about it to make it better. Like most people are fucking racist. And so Amen. When a black man comes at you at night, it's the same fucking bitch who says she's not racist, but clutches her purse tight in the elevator when a black guy gets on. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say that it doesn't play a role in some way. And, and that's what I, you know, like when I tell that story, like I'm, I feel pretty sure like I would have reacted the same way if that person was white, like it was still just a big man 
with the shirt off is what really got I know the weird. shirt off is the weird thing but then I again it's like Chicago gym shorts and tennis shoes we probably was like going for a run and then like or he was like hooping or something and then was yeah running like, late for a date <laughs> you're a salient doing anything wrong but I was ready to fucking stab this dude like with no question so like let's you know and I just think about like it wasn't that many years ago, like a couple years ago, when the guy shot and killed uh, the 19-year-old girl who was drunk. She got drunk and went to the wrong door and was trying to get in his house because she thought it was her oh fucking house. And he shot, and he, like, I think they interviewed him. He was, like, devastated. Yeah, no shit. Oh, my God. But, like, that's why I don't want to own a gun because I don't need that. I don't need that. And maybe I say that ignorantly because I've never had my home broken into. And so maybe I feel safe. Although, I mean, look, like this fucking neighborhood. I'm not really <laughs> sure. I do have the fucking knife. But like in the end, I'm, my ultimate response is just going to be to call the cops and like hide or run. Right. And I'm totally about having a gun, but if I had a gun in my home, that would again, yeah, be to buy me time or keep me safe until a police got here. Or, like, you know, I, I know that I'm mentally healthy enough to have a gun in the house. Like as that, that brings up a whole <laughs> other topic. Like you are, but you've had people living in your home that were not and what and it's why i don't have a gun right now because yeah the person that was living in my home with me said i want to i want to up home defense but i do not trust myself to have a gun in this house i'll hurt myself i'll hurt you and well first of all red relationship flag there but secondly um i mean it's important though to be honest with yourself about that and not a lot of people can do that not a lot of people have the fortitude to say like i'm not the kind of person that should have easy access to firearms and like that's my thing is like i guess i still am like okay like let's not even let's not even tackle that like if you want to own a gun to keep in your house in case somebody breaks in and that's the only line of defense that you have. I get it. I totally get that. I've had that thought before. I've had that desire before because it is scary, especially as a woman. And like, I know, you know, people are like, oh, single women, like that's really scary. Well, I'm never going to have a man in this house. Yeah, no, I love living alone. Like, like it, it is just two women living alone in this house. Um, and I have before thought, like, God, you know, maybe I would feel safer if I had a gun, especially in this neighborhood. But I just, I have weighed out, like, the options, and I just don't know that that's really where I would go. But all of that aside, fucking AR-15s, you don't need them. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. People should not be able to just go into a fuck. And also, like, also... Like, all of that, you should still have to pass a fucking serious background check to be able to buy a handgun and give your home. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, I know that I'm fucking rule. I grew up this way. But, like, honestly, the way that the world is nowadays, you sh- probably shouldn't be a violent offender. You probably shouldn't be a multiple-time convicted felon. You probably shouldn't have mental health issues. Yeah, you shouldn't and have still- mental health issues. 
like because that's how we avoid these problems like i was i was a troubled youth i was a teenager that got bullied and stuff like that i grew up in a household with a gun for self-defense i knew how to use it i knew how to use all sorts of like i loved guns but did i know where it was what did i have access to it so that i could fucking put it in my backpack and take it to school if I wanted to? No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And that's something like that we experienced growing up like kind of country or whatever is while the guns are more prominent, we do, we are around people who are more educated about how to store them, how to use them, how they care about getting licensed because they want to be able to keep hunting or doing that. at your high school had decided that he wanted to kill everybody there because they were mean to him he had access and he could have done it exactly i was not i was one of the minorities there because anybody else i went to school with could have just brought in whatever they wanted any day i could have been taken out by like a double barrel shotgun down on ruby ridge you know (laughs) like able to do is be 18 and walk into a store and buy three ar-15s and I, i don't like 500 rounds of ammunition that's fucking dumb and walk out of the fucking store with it the same day yeah nah nah nope no no when i'm 18 i can't wait to buy my own hollow points yeah like i'm a solid no on that i'm solid no on anybody being able to do that i don't give a shit who you are uh that's how yeah like people get shot dead in the streets outside of movie theaters or music festivals or in schools and you're looking at a mass i mean just no the whole summarization of the thing which again i want to point out is so funny because versus season one we said over and over again we were never going to tackle the gun control issue we were like "Eh, we we did like it's too hard to talk about but now it's like it's a huge fucking issue we got to talk about it and I think that the bottom line that we all need to remember is like, it is not gun ultimatum. It isn't all or nothing. We're saying gun control, just well, some governments, just I feel some. Like, you know, we said it's hard to talk about because you and I are the same in that like, guns are fun. So it's hard because you, you, there's a part of you that wants that. And I understand the, the self-defense, like, like oh, it's empowering. It is. But the other part of me, I'm like, you know what? Like, um, one of my redneck, like, backwoods indiana uncles super (laughs) redneck backwoods whatever actually put something on facebook about it and i was like terrified to look at it because i was like oh no but he was like look it's simple like kids are dying in schools if you have to give up one of your guns to keep a kid from dying fucking do that cut and dry yeah where do your priorities lie i was just gonna like that's all yeah like do you want your fun toy or do you want kids to continue to get not even just fucking kids like human beings to be shot in the streets on a daily basis in mass quantities yeah and do you really think that the already arguably overreaching as as a generalization as a whole, the already arguably overreaching police force needs more and weaponry. I mean, Do we need to militarize the police because we can't control ourselves? No, that's only going to perpetuate the you issue. You also have to get into like let's be really honest about the race um, side of this. As yeah, well. let's just get like, down to brass tacks on this. <laughs> you can't NRA. 
because I'm sure you're listening to this. <laughs> you can't. All of these fucking NRA card toting, like fucking swamp people, whatever. Indiana corn picking, truck driving people, white dudes mostly, who want to scream about our rights to own a gun and be able to stand up against a tyrannical government when they're overstepping their power and but at the same time when you hear a black man is shot by a cop the first thing you ask is did he have a gun yeah does it fucking matter because you just said that we should have the right to have a gun so why so just you just white people because they're not dangerous is that what you're saying because you can't stand and scream for your right to have a gun and then in the same breath okay police officers shooting people because they have a gun because they had a gun not even like they pulled a gun they tried to use it. it's just the question is always well yeah. were they armed yeah were they armed like that's any justification well, okay chat the, the only reason that you need to shoot someone as a police officer well and look like i would be a shitty police officer because i'd probably shoot everyone because i'd be terrified <laughs> that's why i'm not a police officer yeah i know I mean, like, like it definitely goes without saying that like from fucking carmel indiana stole a pack of gum shoot him i don't know like i would just be terrified of everything you're calling me in for anything i don't want to be here this sounds awful but that's why i'm not a police officer i don't go into that shit and police officers, if they can't manage to not shoot people and then say that they were afraid because they had a gun, well, that's that's their right in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. So if you're not going to fight that right, if you're not going to say, yeah, you know what, people don't need to have guns as easily just in their fucking car or their back pocket or whatever, then... You, you also can't okay police officers shooting people who have a gun in their car. Yeah, no, plain and simple. Like, I can't have my cake and eat it, too. It's not, you don't get to pick and choose your ideologies if yes. there's plot holes going on there. Like, I mean, the racism behind this, like... It's deep-seated. It's so, it's so ridiculous, and nobody ever talks about it. And that was one of the things that I kind of said about um the march for our lives like it was it was actually really cool to see the intersectionality because it wasn't just a bunch of white kids up there going like eh. like it was a bunch of white kids <laughs> but they also brought in a bunch of black kids who yeah maybe they've never had a mass shooting at their school but they live on the south side of chicago so mm-hmm. they've lost loved ones too to gun violence and they've been fucking saying it for 15 goddamn years and nobody's done a damn thing about it but you know white people start to talk about it rich white people and now we've got all the time in the world to listen so that's what i'm saying and like let's i've never been in all my years of being physically or sexually assaulted by men they've all been white Let's look at school shooters. Let's look at theater shooters. Let's look at YouTube headquarters shooters. Let's look at Las Vegas shooters. Let's like, unless they're trying to pin an act of quote unquote terrorism on somebody, it's just a white person acting 
out of pocket <laughs> with a gun and then and then we argue about gun control like this is it's a it's an issue that affects all of us no matter what color we are it's not even like black lives matter blue lives matter it's it's lives matter and guns can take them away so let's just be a little bit more educated and respectful and understanding of like the the space between all guns or no fucking guns okay yeah and like recognize though that race absolutely does play a role in it a hundred percent like it is a privilege to have an opinion on fucking gun rights frankly you know like if if we feel as conflicted as we feel imagine how people of color probably feel the same fucking thing for this idea of arming teachers what oh, let me ask you something because you went to school in Liz in indiana and are your teachers racist <laughs> are you fucking kidding me of course <laughs> like i mean granted like we I wouldn't have really known either because right. there were no people of color yeah. around yeah, you know i might be a better person to have this like okay i went to a school in indiana more diverse yeah and it, it was more there were more black kids in it like there were more white kids than black kids, but they were, you know, like we had a, a, a fair, like population of African-American students, um, and a bunch of old white dude teachers. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. There were lots of fights that happened at my high school. And if one of my fucking teachers was armed, I can't even begin to imagine. I've seen kids of both races because there really were basically just white kids and black kids at my high school. I'm trying to think outside of that, but we were lucky to have been that diverse. But like get angry with teachers in their face, yell at them. I don't need some teacher who has no training and is afraid of black people to have a gun. Who do you think is really gonna get shot in this instance? Honestly, who is more in danger? Well, and like in the like, if you take the pe- the people I know that I went to school with, and also the faculty that was there throughout my entire schooling in this like small county, just as many teachers ended up being sexual predators, having drug problems, <laughs> selling drugs, being pedophiles, um, like having mental health issues, just as many. It like if you if you percentaged out the ratio of the populations, it would be probably more instructors that had these like issues and things like that. They should they were less qualified to have the guns than we were, yeah, and we had just, our pituitary glands were going nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just insane. And I just think like without talking about, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there, but the one thing that nobody talks about is the fact that race will play a huge does play a huge role in gun violence period plain and simple guns to teachers who are not perfect and are flawed human beings who absolutely many of them are racist i'm sorry i went to that fucking high school uh that's not that puts black students at risk i know and then if this ends up happening 
three years, five years from now, we're going to be having the same conversations about teachers that we have about police officers. Like, well, you know, you can't let just one person overreaching speak for the entire police force. We'll be saying, oh, you can't let just one teacher, one racist teacher speak for the entire educational staff of America. Like, that's the risk that you're putting into play here if you're talking about arming people in schools or having armed officers in schools even. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, when fucking Dave and Kathy of the teachers, the, the science the department and the <laughs> fucking, I don't know, history department are the armed people, like, what do you think Dave and Kathy are going to do? Honestly, do you think that they're going to they're gonna shoot Bobby or Tyrone? And, you know, I had always suspected the gym teacher was fucking the marketing instructor, but now I really know because her husband, who's also a gym teacher, came in and capped the marketing instructor in the middle of accounting, too. Like, like what? Why are we doing this? We're all human. We got to be fucking careful with this shit that we've given ourselves. It's gone too far. It's just oh my god it's just ridiculous so there it is that's that's that i uh i I am at least super proud of the kids on the uh march for our lives i love 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 that it was so intersectional super proud of them for that those kids were just like fuck it we're just gonna say it super awkward for all of us but we're gonna say it anyway uh goodness well and you were talking about diversity talking about race playing a huge role in the gun control issue but what about diversity playing a role in role playing (laughs) and the social implications that come from that That (laughs) a segue into that was the cheesiest cheesiest segue ever (laughs) i'm running low on energy and taurine from my (laughs) red bull supplement but i felt like you know i felt like i saw a segue and i just went with it it was was a good one in life you reach (laughs) so like i really want to get into this way deeper than just like this little blurb but like let's just like like put it out there as a feeler and then oh my god it would be amazing if people would actually talk to us about it but uh, we're dying to know like we need feedback on this stuff because we we don't just sit here and do this for our own health in, in spite like, of what you like might it's think definitely gonna be something that we talk about during gen con i want to really get into it. i'm gonna ask like go around and ask people but oh, uh, yes you know i want to really get into the sociological implications of gaming and leave it to us too <laughs> well look i mean like they, somebody's got to talk about it yeah like as like somebody who's now dming like i'm like trying to build these worlds and like just looking for just like tokens of characters that aren't white men as soon as you look you know i'm like okay i'm looking for pun intended, a token black character or something like that, you know? Yeah, let's say, like, I'm looking for a a dwarf rogue, right? I type that in. The first thing that's going to come up are, like, a bunch of male, white-skinned dwarven rogues. Well, like, let's say that that race didn't have black people in it. Why? Why didn't it? Why weren't some dwarves black? or some gnomes black or 
or just in general, there's a lot of fucking humans in this yeah, game. Yeah, which that we if play, we all know, if, all if role white. plays reflected real life, you'd have all sorts of different people. My character is biracial. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like also, like it doesn't have to reflect real life because it's a game. So, like, yeah. what's beautiful about it is like we can put put people of color, people of different genders or gender identities, people of different sexualities, and it's not. It doesn't have to be a big deal it doesn't have to play like it doesn't have to be something that's cumbersome so if you're a person of color that wants to role play in D, you probably just like i did i made a character who was white most people of color are probably in their heads think of their characters reflective of the same skin color of them except that they can jump into this world and they don't have to deal with the implications of what it is to be a person of color that is an important thing to mention. Yeah, it's almost as like it's almost as though I don't even consider race in role playing. Like what race the characters unless you know you know of their backstory and it's a particular land or whatever where people are inherently not, you know, white, but yeah, like elves. If you look at like the different the different um uh like ethnicities of elves they they really do they'll be like mostly pale skin white but you have kind of like your middle eastern maybe like skin tones but it's like are there any black elves they don't really specify and it's gonna fucking be in my game i can promise you that hell yeah and i I love i have found all of the pictures that exist and i've already saved them that's what because i was like if i'm going to be projecting myself onto a character let's just be honest if i'm going to be creating my first character i want it to be the version of myself i wish i was so i totally made myself like biracial like half like middle eastern or whatever because i think like, obsessed with game of thrones dornish sand snakes and shit but like but the point that i'm getting at is what a beautiful thing that for you to bring up as well and touch on there is kind of like in the realm of role playing race isn't even a factor when we're running into characters i'm never asking like oh is the is the merchant at this potion store black like you know it's not even something you think about and you don't have to deal with the social implications of that like my character gets thrown in jail for pulling out their sword at a bar and you don't have to think about what would have happened if my character was black and pulled out a sword at a bar they would have gotten stabbed by the police (laughs) and in this world like there are social implications of like totally there's like racism but the racism is like we don't like tieflings like Oh yeah, that's a plot line with my character, as you know, as my DM, you know, the lack of equality between like pure blood elves and like, and mixed blood elves or half blood. throw that in there without like it being direct, because, you know, I I think that does play a role, you know, in the kind of world that I want to run where like, you're going to run into some issues. Um, You know, you have a tiefling character that's going to be an issue in some smaller areas. Um, But like at least like having that diversity there i think and like that goes as far as like too and it's probably easier for me as a woman there are a lot more female npcs like i've found myself actually being like oh i should make a male npc at some point like yeah i suppose i should (laughs) yeah like you know to keep it realistic you know but there you know there's a lot more of an even it's a lot more even um, I think because for me, like a lot of the dope ass things that I want to see are women. 
So I just create that in my head and then, you know, put it on a map. But when the majority of people running games are men, what you tend to see are mostly male characters and not just that, but then like, how does sexuality and gender identity come into play? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you could be a trans orc. Yeah. Yeah. You could be a trans orc. You could be an orc on the sexuality spectrum, a queer orc. Like, yeah. Like, and what is that? And then like, also, and I feel this way. I don't, I would. Oh, wow. That's a Harmon quest callback. I didn't even realize (laughs) a trans orc, not a trans orc, but Dan Harmon's character, like definitely has some like queer tendencies throughout i mean i'm assuming for comedy but just the the fact that it can exist in that world is like it i feel like it needs to be implicated more (laughs) i feel like that is that is something to tackle as well because implemented more my bad (laughs) how do you feel about playing you know okay you're playing um this isn't play into it as much but you are playing a character who's biracial and it's not going to really play into it that much only because like I don't intend for that part of it to really be a big deal in our world but like okay say you take on playing a character who is non-binary but you yourself don't identify as that how do you feel representing that to other people when it's not yours to represent Very do you are you not like are you being a strong ally or like I want to dig into that and I actually have when I was playing that, when um, Mike from The Wiz was doing that dope ass podcast, like RPG game, it was amazing. It was just too much work, I think, for him. Um, I created a character for it. And at first, I had thought about making that character non binary um, just for the shit of it. But then I was like, okay, well, this is going to be on a podcast. So like anybody can listen to it. So how do I feel about it? Am I like appropriating this for, to make a more interesting character or am I being a strong ally, just trying to bring some visibility? And I actually texted a friend of mine who is non-binary and was like, what do you think? And they were just kind of like, it's really up to you. Like, I'm not like personally offended or anything, but like, you do have to realize that like, you know, it is going to be on the internet for people to listen to. So you are, for some people, the only representation of a non-binary person that they will have ever seen. So you're it. Especially in an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, people could listen to this podcast and they've never heard of a non-binary person and you are the only example that they have. So just remember that like you're speaking for a community at this point. And so how comfortable are you with telling that story and being that representative? And I ultimately decided that I just didn't feel like it was mine to tell. And they were like, not saying that I shouldn't do it at all. They were just kind of saying like, I'm, you know, like it's, it's good that you're asking me this and considering it beyond just, this is a cool aspect. So now consider it do you want to take on the responsibility? And I didn't. 
Yeah, that's what I would, I would err more on the side of no as well. Like, even if I had consulted someone and they'd said, oh yeah, for sure, go for it. We'd love that. I would definitely question, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Am I able to adequately and accurately represent a group of people and be a good advocate? Am I educated enough? Do I know how to speak appropriately with like people first verbiage? Like, do I know how to do what needs to be done in order to make this a valid representation and probably bow out gracefully and say no, because as cool as it would I might not do a great job. in this game that I'm running now, like, I don't, I don't want to rule that out. It's like, I definitely want that to be an option for a future person that you guys run into. I don't, I don't have anyone specifically planned, but like, and it's a little easier because we're not broadcasting that. So like the only people that are going to interact with it are you guys. And I know you enough to not be like, Maggie played it like this. So all non-binary people are like this. But maybe that's a way to incorporate it more if like game masters consult like a resident expert, like you would bring in a non-binary character in a, in a plot line and consult a non-binary person as to how to do that adequately without having to take on the responsibility of like a long-term role-playing, yeah, like being I able to represent that, that well over the course of several sessions. I think that that would be key. And I also think like, okay, critical role i watched that show uh we all know that there was one character in the last campaign he he played a bisexual man he himself he's kind of alluded to like on a kinsey scale being closer to like a two. Oh, like a me like a 2.53 yeah, but like, <laughs> he, he himself i don't think identifies as bisexual uh, I but it just felt, I'd only feel comfortable representing a bisexual character at the right. big but like it just felt like for him like and he played that role very well and he even said like honestly like this was a game and he really said like there was in the end ultimately that character fell in love with a, another female elf but for a while there was like a weird relationship with another man and he was like actually he was like that was really incredible experience for me to role play that out because i've never been with a man before but it, you know i kissed some guys in college and it's not like you know he kind of said like it's not it's not like i've never had those thoughts or, or like fantasies so like to actually role play was something for me and i was like well that's true too like you know, because I think sexuality can be a little more fluid than, and not that gender can't be fluid, but, um, and it is slightly more, it is definitely more open now than like, you know, the trans community is still just so under fire. I don't know. I feel like sexuality is so out of our control. Yeah. Like, like I always have that running joke about like, you, you think you understand your sexuality and still you try until you start trying to challenge yourself with masturbation. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh wow. I guess I find trans people attractive. Like, like, you know, your fucking right. hormones in your brain. Like we have no control over any of that. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I guess if I was watching, I guess it really does just depend on how you're going to play the person and if you're going to do them justice. Because if I was watching that show and some straight girl decided to play like that her character was a lesbian and she acted like predatorial 
or I, I don't even know, like overly masculine or like really perpetuating. So I would be pissed off. I would be like, you yeah, don't absolutely. do that. It didn't play this huge role. It didn't, didn't seem to change anything for him, but, and like for the character that I was going to play, because it, it was basically like taking place in this world. Like it was just conspiracy theory type of RPG. It was it was so much fun, Adrian. I really wanted to do it again. Uh, but like, it would have just been some genderqueer kid in the world that we live in now, as opposed to a fantasy world where maybe it doesn't. So like, and I intended, like, if I was going to do this, like, instead I went lesbian and was just like kicked out of my house for being a rebel and a lesbian. <laughs> as opposed to kicked out of my house for being a trans kid because i just was like mm, i don't know if i can actually there are so many kids who are still kicked out of their houses for being trans kids and i can't relate to being kicked out of my house for anything but <laughs> at the very least like i can relate to to those lesbian kids or like those gay kids so fine i'll play that but i had to step away from the trans thing because i was like I, it's just it like almost like too soon it just felt mm. like too powerful to me but I, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like I would, I would totally play uh, a person of color in a fantasy setting. If we were playing, like we played like this game that was set in this world, especially if it was aired, I don't know if I'd play a person of color. Yeah, no, same. I, I would not know if interact I'd be able with to... this world as a person of color. Like I wouldn't know what that's like. I feel like I would miss the point a million times and just be way off the mark because I'm a white person who has no idea what that's like. Yeah. I, I don't feel like now, I'd confidently I be able to totally play a dude. <laughs> I would probably overdo it with the, I'm a man. I can do that. Like I would just <laughs> like assume that I can get everything because I'm a dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like that would just be how it was for my character, but that would just be being like, I would just be being a sarcastic asshole. Oh God. Can my next character just be like a man who is like this, like ultra charming, like sociopath, like, because I feel like I've done the research or bard. Like, yeah, no, I'd be like a fucking like rogue dragonborn or something. Like, like your character can still be ultra charming now. It's just a woman. Like, no, that's I know, what but I want to be man. like predatorially charming. I want to be like an evil man. I want to. I, mean, I want to Sierra like act like the like, boys. Can you do that shit as a woman, please? Can you just please do that with this character? Oh yeah, if you want me to be like like <laughs> no, if you I want, want you to play your character however you think your character is. I feel like my character's kind of evolving out of the character that I had originally created. And maybe that's something to tackle. Like maybe you oh, could do that, that as a plot line along the way. Like because sexuality and gender are fluid, like what if somebody decides that in their RPG, their character has an awakening and decides that they have identified as a man their whole life? Like that would be so amazing. compelling and so interesting to see, but it would like we're saying it would have to be done appropriately it'd have to be done well and it would have to advocate for those people and i think that it would take someone with a higher level of familiarity to be able to emulate that appropriately yeah 
And maybe the bottom line is there's just a lack of diversity in role play gaming. I mean, because when we think about people that we play with, we've got some badass chicks that we play with, but like, really, we're looking at, I know a lot of like heterosexual white dudes <laughs> do role play right. gaming. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. And that'll be fun to tackle at Gen Con, man. I can't wait to introduce you to my other people that I play with. I know. I can't wait to keep it. They're all amazing and it's going to be wonderful. And we got to get your Gen Con tickets. Yeah. I need to work on that financially. It's on my list along with paying, paying Michael back. <laughs> well, Michael can wait. I got to get my car on the road too. But after that's taken care of, I have what a little you bit your more. car on the road. Well, you know, I got to plate it and register it and I had to get oh, my insurance like and I have to pay. You have car? to pay a license reinstatement fee to get your license reinstated so it's 250 fucking dollars gotcha. i endangered no one's life but you know whatever gotcha i gotcha, might gotcha i'm gonna be selling some stuff on let go no big I mean, deal yeah look gen con is super important that's all i'm saying <laughs> No, I've made it a point. I'm like, I'm not moving until after GenCon. I'm not like. <laughs> yeah, because like, uh, we gotta get your, we gotta get you your tickets so that we'll we'll figure we will figure that out because we gotta get them soon. Oh uh, yeah, otherwise because, they're gonna fucking sell out like they did last well, year. And registration opens in May at some point. I GenCon is so crazy to me. Um. Like you buy your passes and then registration opens and you register for events, which would be like panels and shit. Uh, and there's like a bajillion of them. And actually, I think that it isn't open in May, but they send out like you actually can see what the events are. Ooh. You, like, you go in and you look at the events and you can like make a list for yourself. And then like the day that registration actually opens... You just like sit at your computer hitting refresh over and over again until you get in to choose the events that you want to go to. Wow. Like extra intense, apparently. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. But like, there's going to be some shit that I want to see. And we got to go together, especially if it's like women in gaming, gender in gaming. Yeah. We could actually survey some people and get some information. I'm planning on doing some, we can do some hella reconnaissance work. I'm like, I don't know what the critical role status is. I assume they'll be there. Uh, but I gotta go to that shit. So, yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I, can't wait. Wait. I can't wait for Gen Con. The point is Gen Con, folks. And like, you know, if you're in the indie area, come find us. Yeah, we'll be there. And uh, I'm not, like, I'm definitely cosplaying at least one character maybe not the whole weekend because it gets so damn hot and like having yeah. spirit gum attached to your fucking face mm -hmm. like anybody that's cosplayed is like mm-hmm mm -hmm, summer heat and spirit gum like my elf ears were literally like like melting into my ear and my hair and like <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough <laughs> but it was it's totally worth it it's totally worth it so as far as nerd news goes, definitely check in with us at Gen Con. We're going to be like asking about stuff like this. We're going to be getting more opinions, researching reconnaissance. We want to see you. We want to talk to you. Um, as far as some like smaller things to cover uh, in the Marvel Fox transition takeover, now that they're regaining rights, 
I am excited to announce that they're bringing back Fantastic Four because, you know, I always root for the underdog. They're like the Buffalo Bills of the Marvel Universe, you know. Um, and I want the Fantastic Four to get some sort of like credit that they deserve or be incorporated in some cool way. So they canceled series back in 2014. They're bringing them back apparently. And the rumor on the street is, you know, is there going to be a Fantastic Four phase as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes? Are they going to give this another shot? Maybe, but I was going to bring up the thing that I was like, I need to say for the podcast was, the Fantastic Four is like everybody's like superhero trial run, you know, like we got Chris Evans. Oh, you're the human torch. Well, you did a great job, but we think Captain America and now right. he's Captain America. Michael B. Jordan, he yeah. was the human torch in the revamp. Now he's our killmonger. Like it's kind <laughs> of just like, it's like, it's like Bard College for, it's, it's literally like vocational. The Fantastic Four is vocational school for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, are you good enough? We're testing it out some real time. And I mean, then apparently like, if you're a human torch, you can in fact become another more validated Marvel Cinematic character, right? Like, I mean, honestly, like if Fox were doing it, I'd be like, I'm not down for this. Like, I'm not even going to see it. Yeah, because no. it's unfortunately but, sucked. Like, I mean, like, you know, I'm going to go see anything that Marvel puts its name. Like, if Marvel's going to be behind it, I'll be there. They, like, they are uh, one after Black Panther. Like, ugh. Yeah, I know. Good luck doing anything. Like, yeah, I don't really <laughs> know how you top that shit. Like, I'm going to go see Infinity War. but like, Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not going to be as good as Black Panther. I would say that, like, as a movie, as a standalone movie, Black Panther is unparalleled. If you do not know why we feel this way or how we feel this way, refer back to episode one of the season where we go into that deeply and with spoilers. But I would say that Thor Ragnarok, like, rocked my fucking world. Ragnarok my fucking world. Really I love it. It was up there. It was comedically. It was. I would say on the level of like socio political implications as and like cultural. When you come to uh, Black Panther, like comedy wise, yeah. Ragnarok was like not equivalent. But I'm saying the power was there in like different. They, they made it more like an Iron Man movie, which is why. Like hell yeah, yeah. Like like Tony Stark making hilarious comments are what makes like iron man one of the best movies of all time to me hands down yeah iron man one is still just a fucking phenomenal movie it started all of this and i just love it so much and it honestly, all began like, in 2008 the year adrian received a driver's license and margaret was deep in the bowels of africa helping children that's true. Tony Stark stepped onto the scene as Robert Downey Jr.'s redemption in Hollywood. <laughs> like, I could tell a tale like Titanic, baby. What I it's love is But, like, actually, that voice sounded a little Bane-ish. Oh, my God, it kind of did. A little weird. Type to go mobile. <laughs> you think the darkness is all right? Yeah, that was a really bad year because when that when the Dark Knight Rises came out, I worked in retail and I had a walkie-talkie all the time, so it was like the oh worst. God. Like God, Adrian's on the fucking horn again. Be like, Jalan, can you go to Channel Two? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was wondering which would break first, you or me? I'm oh. going on lunch. See you guys in thirty. <laughs> 
You're terrible. I'm so fucking terrible. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, there, nobody, nothing's going to compare to Black Panther at the end of the day. But it would be, I'm just saying, it would be cool if they incorporated Fantastic Four cinematically and like were able to, and like you said, if anybody could do it, it's going to be like Disney Marvel versus Fox did wonders with um, Logan though. They that did. was Fox, right? Logan was like the first time they, I've ever they, been like Fox slam dunk. No, so, it wasn't because Fox also does Deadpool. Oh yeah, no, Fox did Deadpool, and I mean that still to this day really holds up as a top as far as hero movies for me. And I don't know if that's just an individual like relatability uh, level, but I really can't wait for the next Deadpool though. Yeah, like they no. they did really well with that. Uh, they just couldn't seem to make Fantastic Four work. But if anybody can, it's the people who who made Ant-Man work. It's the people who, I mean, like- That's what I'm saying, yeah. Marvel's so much better at taking necessarily like characters that don't translate as well and making them translate for the mainstream and also in a careful way that like comic book readers and avid nerds are also okay with it. Yeah, like Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. (laughs) Like nobody cared about, Yeah, nobody cared about that. Like nobody cared about those characters. I cared about Groot prior to that. Did did but you know that? I didn't know that. I was afraid of him because of his textures and stuff. Oh my god. I had read about him in my Marvelpedia like when I was a teenager and was like, Well, thank God I'm never going to have to see that character in like cinema. And sure enough, like when they when they announced they're coming out with guardians of the galaxy i was like first and foremost no way they're going to be able to make this cool boy was i wrong secondly how the hell are they going to incorporate group by god they did and i love it like i have yeah. a group plushie now like I mean, it's- <laughs> yeah like if look the people who yeah exactly made guardians of the galaxy can make fantastic four like i do they saved spider-man they made Guardians of the Galaxy, like, go for it. Let's just say that's a Maggie exclusive opinion. I don't know if Spider-Man needed saving. Spider-Man 3 was a fucking, was disgusting. No. But, like, I feel like those movies, if you isolate them to the time, the original, like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, if you isolate them to the time that they came out and the resources and knowledge we had available, it was they were adequate. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I much prefer Amazing Spider-Man and, but like Andrew Garfield and like the cool, like hip, but also Tom Holland, like, holy shit, that's my Spider-Man now. Like he is my Peter Parker and my Spider-Man. Yeah, he's way better. It is way better. They did much better with Spider-Man. Like I have always felt like Spider-Man was overplayed. I don't feel that way as much now. I think probably partly because he's not as overplayed anymore because so many other superhero movies have become popular that it's like not a thing like it's like whatever like i can get so many other superhero things other than just spider-man did you know this is like a fun little like snapple cap tidbit that i have but i listened to um john bernthal the um the punisher i was listening to his recent um i guess it's not called the nerdist podcast anymore but his um he sat down with chris hardwick on nerdist And uh, he talked about, so him and Tom Holland were working on something at the same time that he was like auditioning for the Punisher and Tom Holland was trying to audition for Spider-Man. And they like 
helped each other workshop and like I build their it. characters and stuff. And it is so like, like we talk about our little nerd gasms and stuff like that, like knowing that the Punisher helped Spider-Man and Spider-Man helped the Punisher. Like it was, it was enough for me to die too. Yeah, and like, they're both in New York. Yeah. And I mean, and also like both of those actors did such a great job portraying those characters that I cannot see those characters in any other light anymore. Like John Bernthal was born to play the Punisher and Tom Holland finally, like my issue has always been like, uh, and I have this issue with Bruce Banner and the Hulk too, is like, is the person good enough to play or, and also Bruce Wayne versus Batman is like, I judge them based on like, oh, well, I feel like Michael Keaton was good at both. Like, I feel like Christian Bale was a great Bruce Wayne, but like, oh, kind of whatever Batman, like, you know, like it's, and I feel like my issue with Spider-Man was always, if he worked as Spider-Man, he didn't work as Peter Parker. Like nobody believed Andrew Garfield's fine 28 year old ass was a high school student. Like the same thing with fucking Tobey Maguire. Yeah, they couldn't be Peter Parker. They were bad at being Peter Parker. Yeah, and Tom Holland does both. He, like, captures this kind of, like, awkward, like, adolescent kid, but also, like, kind of cocky. Like, he comes into, he even, like, really well illustrate, illustrates well the transition of Spider-Man as he's, like, gaining confidence, becoming Spider-Man. And what would it be like if you were a kid and you had this kind of responsibility and you were hanging out with all of these adults, building their playboys, war heroes. Like, building your fucking costume or whatever suit up marissa tomei's fine ass is your aunt like the like, implications yeah. that come <laughs> jesus but anyway yeah i mean the moral of the story that we're getting at is if anybody can do it it's marvel and like as far as taking written things into the cinematic universe i really want to hear maggie's thoughts on ready player one because i still haven't read it which it was recommended to me by you i want to say like a calendar year ago probably first of all like fucking read that book it's on audible i would say i'll audible it so like get it on audible because fucking will wheaton narrates it so that in and of itself makes it great but it's an incredible book that's very fitting to the content for Will Wheaton to narrate yeah. it. Yeah, he narrates <laughs> like nerdy books, which is great. Uh, no, like it's I, genuinely one of my favorite books, like ever. Like I fucking love that story so much. It's super fun. Like premise the same, but like there's going to be a lot that's different. So I went into it with a head of like, this is going to be different. And like right away, like the very beginning, like the plot point, like different. A lot of things that were very, 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 very different from the book. Still a super solid movie. Like it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, Kate went with me, I think just because she knew I wanted to see it and then was like, I fucking loved that movie. And she never fucking loves a movie. Good. So like that in and of itself, like it just has like, it's a good hook. It's moving quick. It's great. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fantasy, a lot of like, it's just really interesting. Um, And do you feel like the actors were able to portray the, I don't know how true to the book the characters were, but if they were, were the actors able to carry that? Here's the one thing that the internet has been saying, and I have to agree with, is there are a few things, like they didn't get into depth 
on really any of the actors. So all hmm. about like succeeding in the goal of finding the hidden Easter egg and like finding clues and things like that. Like, so they could have gone more into depth with that, but also like because of that, they did definitely skim over gender and race issues mm. uh, because those are brought up. Um, so I, like, I don't, I don't want to like spoilers or whatever, but oh yeah, I'm going to see it before next week. So well, so. yeah, like this, that's the thing is, is like the spoilers, the, it'll ruin the spoiler for you for the book. If you go and see it before you read the book. Oh, so read the book. I, I would genuinely say like good movie, but like the race and gender thing, um, that I of course like felt was very important. Like it was, it was a really pivotal. cool pivotal part of the, like it, yeah, like it, it played a, an important role. I think it was important and they just didn't really address it. Um, so yeah, like seriously download it tomorrow download it tonight listen to and, it and you would say that's a recommendation to audience as well and believe me guys we are not those people we are not just like pretentiously elitist going to tell you like well the book's better so definitely be sure and still read the book or whatever like if if it is true yeah like that's the thing like this movie is fun but i am saying like the book it, it's not like i'm telling you to sit down and read lord of the rings or oh god like yeah huge series like this is a standalone quick read super fun book and it's it's just a really great book um so yeah i definitely say like if you know read it or get it on audible uh adrian you can just log into my audible account and listen to it excellent and also again if we were sponsored by audible this would be another point to plug that we're just going to bring up potential sponsorships from now on throughout the podcast yes <laughs> i don't think audible is going to sponsor us at any point but maybe let me just take a sip of my red bull, red bull. like man like do you think blue apron has keto stuff <laughs> like, is that part of the, the wedding bod like does blue apron do diet foods That'd and while amazing. we're plugging the wedding bod blue apron will pre-prepare <laughs> your uh meal fresh farm to home farm to table meals like <laughs> i can do this shit come on yeah. um speaking of being able to do some shit maybe we should get into a little bit of uh sexy time for you guys Something potentially on the docket we're not going to necessarily get into tonight, but a topic, a point of conversation maybe for a future episode. How do you guys feel about learning a little bit about furry culture and personalities? Because <laughs> oh. we might have we might have a consult someone to consult yeah, on. I'm gonna be honest with you, audience. I don't care how you feel about it. I'll yeah, we want to know. <laughs> I'm, that's that shit that I want to know more about. Tell me about that weird sex shit that like is awesome. I just want to know about it. Like, <laughs> like oh, I just tell me more like I really got started thinking about furries even more this week too it's kind of weird that you brought it up in our pre-podcast like session because I watched um an anime film called uh, the boy and the beast and there's um essentially there's a alternate realm from the human world where you know like these beasts 
walk they're like bipeds and all that good stuff and and they can like fight and they have like a whole religious system it's very interesting it's a good movie too like definitely watch it Uh, but it got me thinking because there were so many like anthropomorphic animals like human-like animals that i started thinking like this is probably like fucking pornography for like some of these but like people who are who are into that set right like ooh a bull human Mm. and i i want to know more i want to know my personality i want to know what i I would be like about the community i need to know everything i need to know everything tell me everything and so i'm really excited to talk to somebody who seems to have knowledge because I have no knowledge in this. None. Area. I have none. Nothing. So, also, <laughs> speaking of like anime films and sex stuff, like we're for sure going to dig deeper into this tentacle porn thing. Oh my God. Yeah. We should just do like, because I can do so much porn research. Like, like I, I'll do porn research for the first thing. One, probably. I definitely like, have, ah. but it was prior to us doing a podcast with a sex segment. So like, I'll revisit it to like, do some notes. But Culture, history. we haven't done any of that research, we're, we're not getting into too deep a stuff. We were just thought we'd talk about uh, sex drives and uh, the ups and downs of such a thing. Because I feel like, especially as an adult, like uh, in my thirties, like I've experienced both. Yeah, as an adult and with a partner who's increased and decreased. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of decreased sex drive. Like, what do you do with that? Where does it come from? Why is it happening? How do you fix it? Do you yeah, sex need slumps. It? What's going on? What's I think we've all, like you said, dealt with that either personally or with a partner. I feel like anybody who's been sexually active on a long enough timeline has definitely dealt with that themselves we talked about kind of an interesting difference in like um maggie brought up some of what she's dealt with and also like what i've dealt with too is uh if someone's in a sex drive slump or suffers from you know anxiety or depression um albeit you know clinical perpetual or like just a one hit from like a situation or something uh it usually has a decreasing effect in sex drive whereas like i have an opposite issue is like the more insecure or sad or like just out of whack i feel the more hyper manic i get when it comes to like my sex drive and that's kind of like a psychological implication of like do you need validation do you need this do you need that and so it kind of tackles everybody differently but we're going to talk about people who maybe have issues with sex drive due to these things because the the only thing I can do like if you have a hyperactive sex drive in the wake of these things the only answer is you know have more sex or get carpal tunnel syndrome faking it to do with yourself (laughs) like you know (laughs) you could or maybe tackle some of the things going on inside of you that make you feel that way maybe tackle that from a more psychological standpoint but what do you do when you just you know you want to it's there in your head but you've got those mental blocks or physical blocks even like physical exhaustion yeah so like i think that there's a lot of like one yeah like defining like what a lowered sex drive is or like a slump or whatever you want to call it um and i think there are a lot of reasons for why it could be there i mean i think for for one thing like especially if you're in a relationship the first thing that you should 
just check in on because it definitely doesn't mean this but definitely check in on like where are you at in your relationship do you feel comfortable with that person are you communicating openly with them do you feel like safe and like respected and all of that and if the answer to all those questions are yes then okay time to move on to the next question which i've been in that relationship where i asked those questions and yeah the answers were yes so then it was like okay so what else is going on like um but you know it's possible the answers are no and then right there could be an issue i mean you've been there in a bad relationship and you're not you don't want to have sex with that person oh i've i've looked into studies where um especially for women not so much for men but women can have a physical effect of physical pain like pain and intercourse physically if they don't feel safe or secure or you know if they aren't there with their partner in that connective level like so it happens a lot in like uh, relationships domestic violence situations relationships of manipulation or abuse or whatever is on a long enough timeline it it not only might be difficult for you mentally to be turned on by that person or to want to have sex with them but it could also physically hurt which is a scary thing to think about like the human brain is powerful so that's your first like maggie said that's your first line of defense and your first line of questioning is okay i need to check in and evaluate you know what is the actual health of my partnership or if you're not in a relationship you know what are the reasons as to why i am not seeking this out or i want to but i can't get over the hump and then i think you know going on from there there are a lot of reasons and i will say personally for myself i I tend to have a probably higher than average sex drive um which isn't always met by my partner and that's fine and i don't even necessarily mean like my current partner like as a woman who sleeps with women like women's sex drives don't always meet at the same time and a lot of things play into that so but I have found myself where like okay what's going on with me like in certain periods like that I do feel like my sex drive has gone down and I mean the the main thing for me tends to actually just be like I'm fucking exhausted (laughs) you know that sounds crazy but like one of the biggest things for me is like you know if I'm if I've got a lot of stress going on in my like day-to-day life new job or just like the job's getting harder like less support uh planning a wedding um traveling a lot for the holidays whatever like when your head hits the pillow at 11 sex is not on your mind because the only thing you want to do is sleep yeah or you've got so much going on that like unfortunately it's a priority that gets set on the back burner exactly and then it's easy to kind of once you've set it like one of the big things especially when it is just when it is just making time and being present and like not exhausted um it's important to remember like the longer you go without having sex the less often you're going to think of it like Mm -hmm. your sex drive will only go down from there like because so one way to deal with that then is like you know communicate with your partner schedule a day where you're like you know what i'm gonna leave the office an hour early so that we have time to 
make dinner and sit around Decompress and, whatever, and, and we're gonna go yeah. to bed at nine and that way we have time for sex and then when you start to have sex more your sex drive will increase i mean that's just plain and simple plain and simple and if you plan if you plan it i know it doesn't sound very romantic to like schedule sex but if you i was gonna it, say that too but it's still better than not having a sex life well and honestly like you have to figure out how to make that work for you right like if you know okay you're scheduling sex for thursday night or whatever well okay yeah that doesn't sound very romantic until you think about it like then you go into thursday all day knowing that you're going to get late at the end of the day and you can send cute text messages throughout the day and and like really step into it like make it even if it's just sitting at home like light the candles make sure the house is picked up light some candles have a nice dinner and a glass of wine or two glasses of wine do some flirting <laughs> like back rubs and things like that and then like you'll find that by the end of all of that you're turned on and you're ready for sex and then once so you start feeling that your sex drive increases in general and that's that's our initial tips right there is first and foremost with really any sexual topic we talk to you guys about communication 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 uh, always gonna come back to that whether it's with your partner or with yourself like an internal dialogue trying to kind of like evaluate and explore if you you know aren't in a committed relationship like definitely communicate openly acknowledge your feelings acknowledge what you're struggling with and you know your partner will be able to help you with that because nobody or, or you'll be able to help yourself if you are in a partnership because no partner is a mind reader if you're dating yeah. someone that's a mind reader good fucking luck dude because <laughs> like, well, none of us have that privilege or that curse but <laughs> then like communicating and making the plan like nobody wants to do that and i hear that all the time i feel that way i have had partners that are like i don't want to schedule sex that's not romantic hate it. yeah yeah like i like like the spur of the moment stuff is so romantic well yeah except that like you can make it romantic. you could even make like, it a personal plan for yourself if you know your partner likes spontaneity or whatever say you know thursday night i'm gonna leave work early i'm gonna do this shit, and then i'm gonna initiate like when we're on the couch i'm gonna make initiate. sure that your partner is at least somewhat aware that like you are gonna make those goals for yourself because you don't send wanna, a nude yeah <laughs> during the work day yeah, you don't want to go into that and they've had a really long and stressful day and they haven't planned for sex and that's the last thing that they have on their mind then you're going to get into some really frustrating but if you both come to the conclusion you know that that's you know once you start getting into a better like routine if you will throw some spontaneity in there you know, because I'm telling you, the more you have sex, the hornier you are. Like, that's just it. So, like, that goes into our mind. Wake him, yeah, wake him up 20 minutes early with sex. Now, that would never work in my case because my partner would literally be like, you can dig a hole and die in it. I, if I <laughs> want my 20 minutes of sleep. Like, in, on the weekend, yes. Uh, weekday, nah. I would be like, can I have some coffee? first can and i like shotgun a red bull and then i will do all of the whatever but i like yeah uh, you need to bring me some coffee with that coffee if you know what i mean <laughs> like, but you know i mean like you can make 
planned sex romantic wear sexy lingerie to work under your work clothes send a boob shot from the bathroom stall or you know dirty text messages throughout the day have a nice dinner planned you know go on a date night whatever you got to do but then just you know have set the expectation and get in there a little early if you're exhausted yeah a hundred percent i mean and that's just like the basics like you're really tired life is busy lowered sex drive uh I mean, then you start to get into some other stuff, some hormonal stuff, medications, um, mental health, confidence, some other, some, like if you're struggling with issues of self, you know, like maybe you're dealing with feelings of like low confidence, low self-esteem or whatever, highly recommend confidence building hobbies. Like if you what would be a not silly, like uh, for us, let's say role-playing, role-play games. Like if that's something that gives you confidence and makes you happy, you know, engage in activities like that more often so you can raise those, that dopamine and that serotonin so that you start feeling confident about yourself again. And that translates into your sex life. Um, You know, if you feel like you have a great deal of stress, like Maggie said, work on your time management, prioritization, make sex a priority, do things to reduce stress, like meditate, yoga, exercise. They even recommend doing sex exercising, you know, like if you're sitting at your desk all day thinking, maybe I want to have some sex tonight, but I'm not in the mood do some Kegel rounds, do like three rounds of Kegels or something, you know, kind of wake, wake up those hormones, wake up your brain and prepare yourself for that and kind of put yourself more into that mindset. And nobody's saying you have to become, you know, you have to go back to having the sex drive of a teenager overnight, but just definitely make sure that you're serving yourself and your partner in a way that is valid and and has that form of affection and that love language present. <laughs> oh, and like yeah if we're talking about like yeah doing some shit to get yourself in the mood i mean find some good fan fictions out there for the love of god that'll read erotic fan fictions watch porn together watch porn by yourself like you think that your partner's going to be mad if you're like oh man they're gonna be home in an hour and i think i really want to like you know increase my sex drive because i've been having trouble lately let me watch some porn to like you think they're gonna be upset when you're going down on them like an hour and a half later absolutely not like <laughs> yeah i mean and look like again those are the simple like stressed busy I, I think you know obviously a lot of other things play into it um i have experienced that depression and anxiety or other mental health issues definitely can cause a decrease in sex drive in the same note on the same note medications to treat those things can cause a decrease in sex drive so those are things that like are a little bit bigger than just like go for a walk Yeah, exactly. That's like, if that's actively affecting your life in a way that you're not receiving intrinsic value, like if you're on a medication for something that's like affecting your sex life enough that it's bothering you and you want to change, it's an issue in your relationship or in your life, have a conversation with your doctor. It sounds a little, or your, your healthcare professional, it sounds a little like 
blase, but it's important to just say like, hey, for mental health reasons, like I cannot have this kind of dip in sex drive. Is there anything else I can try out? Is there anything that you can have to supplement or combat that? Like, yeah, I mean, doctors will work with you on that um, for sure. And if you, I mean, they, doctors are aware now. And like, again, if you're feeling like, you know, depression is something that you struggle with, uh, God bless you because mm-hmm. like, I see that struggle and it is hard. And I, there isn't like, I, I can't give a, a simple solution to that, but I can say that one, remember that you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there just in general. Um, do do talk to a healthcare professional if you can, if you have the, the privilege of being able to do that. Um, and getting on, not all medication causes that. You just have to find the right ones. So getting on medication could change your life in that aspect. Um, yeah, maybe you have a low sex drive because you aren't on medicaid maybe it would help to you know yeah absolutely it absolutely would help like it 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 is a fine line to toe because obviously like if the medication causes it but also depression causes it well one you deserve to be happy so that um but two the right medication with the right person you can find a good balance um so i always encourage that you know um and the thing is is like sometimes also and this is important um you're gonna go through phases especially if you struggle with these things where your sex drive is just lower and i think that's when you just have to have that communication with your partner so they understand like it isn't personal it isn't you and it'll come back around and you figure out together the things that might help with that but you also don't bully yourself beat yourself up hold yourself too accountable to the fact that like your sex drive is just lower right yeah acknowledge that it's out of your control if you've done with your due diligence and you've had that communication with your partner or that internal dialogue like yeah just accept that sometimes that's something that happens and not to beat yourself up about it and you will rise from those ashes a sexual phoenix plain and simple it'll come back around honestly like you know i mean so kind of address those things but like recognizing that it doesn't it doesn't have to be a hundred percent on all the time we don't have to be teenagers we we can even just take a break from sex if we're not really into it at, at the moment and you know if you're struggling with something it will come back around if it if it's the medication but it doesn't happen all the time sometimes it's just patience that you have to have but then a lot of those other things really do help, you know, uh, sex. And honestly, the thing that's going to get you more horny than anything is sex. So like mm-hmm. knowing that like you need to have a little romance, have somebody rub your shoulders, make out a little bit and like setting up, I think it's really helpful thing for somebody who maybe is struggling with a lower sex drive and has a partner, like talk to your partner about sexual encounters with boundaries and kind of say like we're gonna make out tonight and like shirts off but like knowing like sex isn't gonna happen Mm, mama does love her edging what's up but and also that makes you feel like it takes the pressure off you don't have to be anxious about it like you can take those steps in advancing your libido and like being intimate 
in a safe space. And, and that works for all kinds of things. You know, if you're struggling with sex for any other reason as well, like you're, you're just nervous, like setting up, you know, it's okay. It's okay to do those things and be an adult. Like every encounter doesn't have to end in fucking penetration. And I will, I will a hundred percent back that. And I would say for in two ways, like first and foremost, half the hump that you have to get over when you're having a low sex drive is that fear. Like, am I going to be able to perform if I initiate, if I get into this, am I going to be able to deliver? And sometimes when you're depressed or stressed out or tired or whatever it may be, that's causing your slump, you aren't able to deliver in the same way. So, I mean, it, it is so important to establish boundaries, boundaries for, like that. Yeah, I think it's, even if it's like, you know, you have had the communication with your partner that like, you know, for now, like before a sexual encounter, I want to set up some boundaries and like, you know, if we're in the moment and it gets really hot, we can readdress those boundaries. But like, you know, right as you're going into it, just being like, okay, so the boundaries for this is shirts off, pants on, you're on top. And like, for me, that was, I was going to say for me, uh, cause I was trying to relate back to like, I know one of the largest slumps I've ever had in my life was following, you know, sexual assault, which can be a huge mental block as far as sex drive goes, just turned off by the idea entirely yourself, other people or whatever. And establishing those boundaries is how I definitely eased my way back into having an active, healthy sex life was just like being able to say with the people I was with, like, "Mm, not tonight, or like, you know, going back to just making out or, you know, like, it's, you have to build it back up. And with sexual assault, it is incredibly important, but you are looking at probably similar feelings when it comes to that too, right? Like one, probably far greater, but there, you know, when you have a lower libido and you're trying to get into it, there's just a lot of anxiety around like, what is this? If, if I do this, what is it going to end in, you know? And so knowing that you can say, yeah, I, I want to build up to this with you, but like for tonight, we're just going to kind of act like we're in seventh grade. Yeah. Pretend my parents are in the other room or whatever. Like, and it sounds really silly, but it's an excellent way to kind of retrain your brain and get yourself back into, you know, feeling aroused and being one with your sexual self, whatever the reason may be that you've lost touch with that. Also, we, we mentioned we'd bring up birth control because of course, like studies have shown the varying effects on that for some women it totally ups your sex drive. I definitely can speak to the opposite, which is like, I didn't even discover like how great sex could be until after I had like been off of hormonal birth control, like definitely not saying ditch your birth control. But if you feel like, like you have adverse effects from hormonal birth control, whether it be just mood issues like depression, anxiety, I suffered from a lot of depression when I was on or a lot more depression, I guess I should say, when I was consistently on hormonal birth control for an extended period of time, it also just like zapped my sex drive. I Any sex I was having was just either out of obligation or like a need for validation or something because my ability to physically enjoy it or want to pursue it was just not there. 
And so it's like, that goes back to the medication thing. It's like, definitely pay attention to like what you're putting into your body. Like, am I exercising? Am I eating like disgusting ass foods? And what kind of medications am I on? Do I need to be, do I need to switch it? What if it's anything that's affecting your life to that level, definitely look into the input because that's how you're going to be able to tackle the issues with the output. (laughs) What are you putting into your body versus what you can, for me, put into your body. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What needs to be there? What doesn't need to be there? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ultimately that that's really it. I mean, and look, there's a million resources out there. Um, but I just think like, it's important to kind of touch base on that and like recognize that one mental, mental illness, absolutely plays a role in people's sex drives and along with the medications that come with it um our our age and schedules and all that for sure plays a role um i'm sure that having kids again plays a role so like just recognizing all those things is so important and like there are definitely experts out there that can totally tell you more than we can oh my goodness Um, yeah we're just here to advocate and open your mind (laughs) wait who emily nagoski n-a-g-o-s-k-i uh is apparently a like expert in the area um so like check out some of her books and um her website and shit and she kind of talks she talks about a lot of different sex stuff but like definitely dips into sex drive and what you can do to improve it. I mean, also like diet for sure is a thing. Oh yeah. Nobody fucking wants to tear down and like ride dick like a champion after they've eaten like two fucking burrito bowls from Chipotle. Like let's. (laughs) Right. So like if it's something that you're really, really struggling with and you want to work on it, like look into some of those experts out there. Emily's just one, but there are, there are a lot. um, And they can tell you a lot more about like the science behind it. You know, should you change your diet? Um, Do you need to get on a different medication what are those medications um illness i mean we didn't even really get into that but cancer gonna play a role you know chemo things like that like health stuff like that i honestly i can't really speak to that stuff i'm not a doctor and i don't want to give any information that somebody might actually take as serious because I have no fucking idea when it comes to that shit, but like, we will say that like communication is across the board applicable, especially in that circumstance. Like you definitely have to be an understanding partner and understanding of yourself and your limitations, especially when the medical factor comes into play. But for the, you know, like I want to say stereotypical, but yeah, like the typical, like lowered libido, um, you know, some of that your everyday impotence, you know, yeah, like some of those <laughs> things that I think we gave some good examples of ways to get around it, you know, do, do plan it, definitely communicate with somebody, set up boundaries around sexual encounters. Not every sexual encounter has to end in penetration. Um, 
do go for a walk or something, it raises endorphins, honestly, which helps you get watch porn, read erotic fan fiction or erotic novels or whatever. All of those things, like you just, yes, anything you don't do it, the more you don't think about it. Whether it's sex or exercise or a hobby or um, back rubs, really anything that taps into those hormones and those chemicals in your brain, your serotonin, your oxytocin releasing, like your bonding chemicals, your happiness, anything that's going to stimulate those hormones or those chemicals and like try to reestablish that balance is going to translate into an improved sex drive in your sex life, plain and simple. Nobody feels sexy. Nobody feels desirable. Nobody has the energy to perform if your oxytocin levels are low, you aren't feeling bonded to your partner, or you aren't feeling good about yourself, you know, so being able, whether it's sex or non-sexual activities, anything you can do to stimulate that is going to translate. And I think another important note before we kind of wrap up here is uh, you do not have to increase your sex drive. Yeah, that's another bottom line. Nobody. Yeah, if your sex drive has lowered and you don't find yourself to be very sexual at all, or maybe just not as sexual as you used to be, um, and you're happy with that, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fucking totally 100% normal. Talk to your partner if you have a partner. Obviously, there's maybe some rethinking that you need to do there. But as far as who you are, like you do not have to be a sexual person and having sex all the time is not a great relationship make like, like I find that that has been very damaging to a lot of people's idea of what like a healthy sex or a healthy relationship is like thinking that you have to have sex like three times a week in order to have a healthy relationship. Well, that's one. I can't even imagine being a fucking parent and that being a standard like oh my god i can't even imagine a world where i live with the person that i fuck and i don't fuck them three times a week like uh, what the hell even with kids i'd be like take some chicken dinos and go sit in front of the lion king dude because i'm tearing your father down i think (laughs) you'll get to that point yeah, we all do. Everybody acts like it's not going to happen and then it happens. Like all my yeah. friends with kids are like, yeah, no, bitch, shut up. And, like, and then like, yeah, I get, you know, I'm not like, yeah, I, you know, I'm the kind of person that does want to have sex on a regular basis. Although sometimes I am just really fucking tired. But if you're not, your relationship isn't broken. You're not fucking weird. Like, yeah don't take the advice of two people who who confessionally have like higher sex drives like it's like definitely don't feel broken don't feel the need to validate anyone but yourself I i think we live in a world where nobody likes to admit that they don't have sex that often yeah of course because it's some sort of point of fucking pride or whatever i was straight up just saying the beginning of this podcast are not having sex or whatever. it's it's important to admit that that's a valid fucking thing it doesn't it happens to everybody and none yeah. of us even talk about it that's I the mean, problem yeah like you had and i have too but like you've had consistent a lot of sex with somebody that you were not in a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. so, so it's not a healthy relationship make i have been in a healthy relationship where the sex drive was just low 
Um, yeah, same. I've been in we relationships through that. that were we great. were people that that wanted that to be stronger, so we we did have to set up boundaries and like kind of talk about it and work to get back to that place. But our relationship wasn't broken. We were not. We were fine. We were happy. We enjoyed. You know, we were fine. And we could have probably gone on forever like that. Like, so I I just feel like we do live in a world where it like kind of dictates that you have to have sex all the time in order to be like in a healthy happy relationship otherwise something's wrong with you which again yeah no I have definitely I have had very very healthy sexual relationships with people just like like they could be my sexual fucking soulmate but they are no bueno not a happy partnership or something like that you know it's just like maggie said we've all been on not we've all but some of us have been on the opposite end of things where it's also like man me and this person connect spiritually we connect on a relationship level but when it comes to compatibility or sex drive with the two of us it's more it's not as natural it's not as simple i've definitely been on both sides of the coin and it's important to acknowledge that that's your individual contribution to that relationship that's something that you guys settle between yourselves and there's really no nobody telling you hey you have to be getting off with this person x amount of times or whatever in order to have a valid relationship or a healthy relationship yeah some people have completely healthy partnerships without any sort of, especially not conventional sex, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. And I think an important point to bring up. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you are trying to increase your sex drive because you think that's what you're supposed to do, stop. If Just stop and then unpack Because that. you know that you love sex and you want to have more active sex life we gave you some tips <laughs> when i said read erotic fan fiction or books i did not mean 50 shades of gray um again we're never going to endorse that i ever. didn't endorse that book but you know that's our platform to get to get you off but like there's better <laughs> I, i'm gonna just say this sunstone like if you think 50 shades of gray just go get go to your local comic book store amazon has it get sunstone read that this will be like the eighth time we've told you guys this so seriously yeah. you want to get listen turned up. on go get sunstone you didn't listen to us about the trump thing at least listen to us about this yeah, it's fucking hot man just go get that there's five issues or they have like one whole like thing now you can just get the whole collection in one book mm. it's great just if you're looking for something like that definitely check that shit out get some erotic like graphic novely shit yes and i'm going to err on the advocation side of established boundaries easing and um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh uh, dirty dirty pictures dirty text messages yeah. dirty you know if it's like man it's been like x amount of days since you know me and my partner have interacted in this way it's been x amount of weeks months who knows mm, maybe they'd appreciate a little out of nowhere uh shower shot you know they left for work already you're getting ready get fresh out of the shower shoot them a shot like i'm a huge advocate for that i'm all about 
abusing technology (laughs) for sexual purposes. I'm always paranoid that like if I do that, literally Kate will be like sitting at her desk with her boss and like open her phone. Is it weird that I like, I care a little bit, but I also don't really care. Like, like if everybody's always like, what if your nudes were the nudes getting shown around the party or like the boss saw it or something. And I'm like, I I don't care about like I do kind of care about the news getting shown around the party out of a point of like respect I, for me yeah. like what that means about the person but Same. like <laughs> so like yeah like Kate, Kate could potentially get into trouble for that like oh yeah I mean like I've always just if we established were in the office and you pulled your phone out and opened up a dick pic when Kim walked by Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like you got to think about the boss. Like the boss isn't a like a bartender. Well, and being the person, owner, like, like if even the boss dealing is... with the bosses of like, yeah, in like a bar setting or something like that, I have always had like an established rule with my partners. Like, I will let you know. Like, always open the text before you open the snap. Like, or yeah. you'll get a Snapchat beforehand that's like trigger warning like this is about ready to be boobies or something like that like please exit immediately if you are not in an environment or i'll say like hey on your next bathroom break go ahead and check your snap like to let them know like hey this is not fucking appropriate not suitable for work material content like <laughs> i like i mean like honestly like my partner like hey like my partner's not the kind of person that's gonna open their phone just willy-nilly in front of anybody so I think probably for fear of something like that ever would. happening. <laughs> but nonetheless, like I, I feel worse for her, I guess, her sake, like than mine. I don't have to fucking look at her boss ever in the face. Like I don't really care about that. But like I would be mortified if I opened a nude from my girlfriend in front of my boss. Oh my gosh, we'll briefly share with you guys like some some fucked up nude stories. I would say I have one personal one that I will share, but I do want to talk about a coworker that we will remain <laughs> that will remain nameless for the sake of their own identity. Not that I think she would care, but our girl almost accidentally sent she was a coworker of ours on our team and she definitely admitted to almost sending a nude to our boss because you know we always had our boss's text like to text our boss we have our boss's cell numbers and stuff and she was like you will never guess what just above the person she meant to send it to oh god (laughs) could you imagine i want to quit my job like and i don't know what else you do you have to quit your job and like in the same note like it would depend, but like, honest to God, like if it were like Jenny, I would be like, well, sucks to suck. You shouldn't have seen that. But like, yeah. if I'm sitting at my desk and fuck it, like Glenn walks by and I'm opening up a nude from my girlfriend, like I have to leave. Yeah. I could never live with myself. Like, never. <laughs> That's my only thing about nudes. It's not even like, yeah. Oh, I, my not personal. That I don't send them. I still will absolutely send them, but I just, you know, there's my, my anxiety about them. 
my personal awkward nude story that like I had never had anxiety about it prior to this. I was never really huge into that stuff until just like recently, like I would say within the last like three years or so. But um, and this is very nuanced because it's like like only a situation an Adrian or an Adrian type of person would be in. But I have someone I'm currently seeing sitting next to someone that I used to see and I am literally a million miles away. This is what I'm in Puerto Rico, right? Is the timeline oh, of this dear. for you as my oh, friend. But dear. I just I decide on my own accord, like I've got a tan because I'm on this tropical vacation. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. I'm going to send like a gratuitous ass shot to the person that I'm like boning back home or whatever. Uh, so I shoot over a nonchalant, you know, just like no face or anything. No face is the creepy part. This is the creepy part. And I had like short shorts on. So I wasn't even like naked. I was just wearing like high-waisted shorts, my ass cheeks hang out, bent over, like really nice peach shot. Boom. Perfect. Full screen. Awesome. Send that over. Boom. I'm literally sitting there having brunch by myself at like some fucking like beautiful storefront by the ocean. Very eat, pray, love. And I send this to the person I'm seeing and I immediately get a message from my ex that says, just saw your ass on old boy's phone, like says the dude's name. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Like not only did, like, I can't blame that person. I didn't send any warning or whatever for, to my knowledge. Like I can't blame them for like opening their phone up in a public environment and my butt being just like plastered across their screen. But the fact that like, first of all, someone that saw it felt the need to communicate like, hey, I just saw you naked over the oh, yeah. over someone else's shoulder on their phone. And secondly, is my ass like a thumbprint? Like, because my face is not in that. And the kind of people we're talking about, that could have been anybody's ass, let's be honest. But well, maybe he just saw your name pop up. Maybe I had never thought about that, but I was kind of like, could you pick my ass out of a lineup? He probably could though. Oh man. I know, I know this story and I know who you're talking about. So I would like to yeah. be I would like to be uh, vain enough to say that anyone I've been with could pick my ass out of a lineup, but I don't I, I I'm just saying that is my embarrassing firsthand story to like the effect of definitely send your warnings or be prepared for the implications because what am I going to do with that? I was just like, what'd you say? Really segued into a new topic, but I like it. Yeah. It was like an accidental touch on really touch on touch on sending nudes a little bit, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, just be prepared to accept the consequences of your actions. If you're going to act like me, you know, like I, at that point I kind of had to say like, yeah, well, yep. That's or if somebody was like, "Hey, I saw your tits on somebody's phone," I'd be like, "Cool, you owe me twenty dollars." Like, you know, just be prepared, <laughs> be prepared for the ramifications of that. And to tie it back into the original point, don't be afraid to abuse technology to increase your libido if you have to. I love it. I mean, yeah. I feel like we've kind of really touched on everything at this point. We had a really well-rounded podcast for you guys tonight. Bringing it to it to a close here. So for future reference, let us know if you have any opinions on, did you, have you had any cultural experiences with um, the mass media? Have you delved into what the other side hears and sees? 
How are you feeling about gun control and gun rights at this point in time? If you're a role play gamer, how do you feel about diversity among role play? Or a video play gamer. What'd you say? More video gamer. Yeah, or video games. Yeah, like, like, do you play characters of different genders? Would you create a non-binary character for a plot line or, or something? Like, what do you think about the fact that mm, those aren't really built into games? Yeah, tell us how you feel. And also, are you interested in learning more about furries? It doesn't really matter because we are, and so it's going to be a topic. And if you are a person who's ever suffered from sex slumps uh, related to depression, confidence, sexual assault, medication, anything, exhaustion. do you exhaustion, like stress? Do you have any tips? What did you do? Are you dealing with that right now? If you're a person who has a low sex drive and a happy fulfilling relationship also talk to us about that Tell let us. us know you will always remain anonymous we we will not drag your dirty laundry out into our fucking clothesline if you don't give us the explicit permission to um, and where can they find us they can find us online at www.sociallubricantladies.com where there's a convenient um i believe anonymous submission form you can use for questions or um, information. We also are on Twitter at social X lube, uh, social lubricant. Uh, and you can follow us on our Twitter account or on our individual accounts. We also have Tumblr. We also have oh, yeah. commenting and messaging as far as a uh, SoundCloud goes. And we are officially on iTunes. If I haven't mentioned that a thousand times. So, um, there are a million ways for you to consume the BS that we're forcing down your throats. And there are a million ways for you to correspond with us um, through Twitter polls, DMs, anonymous submissions on the website, whatever you want to hear about. Yeah. Like hell, add me, add me on fucking Vero or whatever. Like, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, I believe, yeah. Like, Definitely hit us up on Twitter. Hit hit us up personally on Twitter at what Mag said. Um, at at L I L E A D R N E L S X. I swear to God, like your Twitter handle could be a little better. Like, what the fuck? I'm so in love with it though. I've got to stick to these. I'm and my name is a uh, is girl on computer emoji. Bubble emoji, hot pepper emoji. You guys know where to find me. We're in the bio for Social X Lube, okay? It's true. And uh, if you can find this podcast, you can find us. You can fucking find us. That's true. Although we're on iTunes now. So yeah, definitely find us on iTunes. I think we want to work on getting it up on Stitcher and Spotify. That's the next goal. Yeah. That's and then after the, that's that, I mean, cool. we're really going to need those fucking sponsorships if you want anything more. So fucking. Yeah. Audible, hit up uh, Red Bull and um, <laughs> hit up adamandeve.com. Although I really just want adamandeve.com to send me free sex toys so that I can use them and then review them. I, I, I don't even need them to give us money for the podcast. Yeah, I also just want Red Bull and Red Bull merchandise. Like the Red Bull budget for all the like curricular and co-curricular activities I do gets really out of hand. So... <laughs> Right. So, I mean, but you know, if they wanted to throw some money our way, you know, we wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. We could make this shit a thousand times better than just like this little cheap ass mic that I have sitting in front of my computer and us talking for 25 minutes about what the echo was because of our headphones. 
Yeah, we also have a have a donations a donations page on our website if you are feeling so inclined uh, to improve the quality of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to make some purchases to do that, but it's not going to happen until like either more followers, more interest, or we can yeah get like a GoFundMe or a Patreon or something like that. So yeah. You know, we're we'll start to catering to you guys. Podcast for fucking free. So yeah. yeah, we'll start catering to you guys when you start contributing to the content. How does that sound? <laughs> and honestly, we're not even asking for money right now. Mostly no. just if you could just actually if you feedback. could just tweet at Red Bull and AdamandEve.com, that'd be great. <laughs> Let them know we're here. We're ready to promote what they have to sell that, and, that's all and with that i think that it brings our uh i'm gonna call it sex slumps or cum c-u-m back of the year question mark oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'll name this one but <laughs> oh god there's so many things to talk about uh all right. I, yeah, I think that that really wraps it all up for us. It's been great having you guys. Thanks. What's, thanks for another uh, successful episode. What's the uh, what's our tagline? Stay wet. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay. Oh, um, stay tuned. Stay wet. Stay woke. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's right. So. There you are, listeners. We're going to bring it back for you because I think it's a dope-ass tagline. Stay wet, stay woke, and stay tuned. Like that sound effect did anything. Okay, stop broadcast.